All right. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. And today, this is a uh, not only a scary topic, but also a really exciting one. Um, you know, the this is now one of the most popular procedures that is occurring over the last three years. Also, one of the biggest killers that has been in the past. And, uh, you know, it's been in the news left and right from Madonna to uh, Kim K to Nicki Minaj to, uh, you know, any of the other artists that really like very large buttocks. So the interesting part is, I think it was probably the late 80s or early 90s where that song came out. Um, so Sir mix came out with that. As the good I sir like once said. But I cannot lie. But the interesting part is it wasn't a fad back then. Mm-hmm. Um, it really wasn't. Like big booties is, is you know, the, the whole craze of having a big behind is something really over the last five or ten years, about five years. Mm-hmm. And it's really caught on even more the last couple of years. Um, and it's, for lack of a better term, it's been called the BBL. Um, so what does BBL stand for? It stands for Brazilian butt lift. Um, the reason why it's because the Brazilians have the best butts. Um, <laughs> and the plastic surgeons in Brazil really kind of came up with doing this in the beginning mm-hmm. and we caught on after. Um, yeah, they've been doing it for the last 30 years and it really kind of caught on here uh, just because it's a different demographic. And so... You know, the problem is, and everyone who is listening to this podcast, which thank you, by the way, for listening to us, um, but everyone who is watching the news or reading Instagram or any other type of social platform, you see some of the crazy effects and complications that can occur with augmenting the butt. Now, I get it as you get older. You know, women that get older, they come in and we've had this and I could tell a bunch of stories during this podcast on people that come in and and they're in their 60s and they're like, I look awful in jeans. I can't wear a bathing suit. My butt is sagging. I have no more tissue. My skin's sagging. I get it. Listen, that's that's understandable. But when you're 25 years old, um, the fact of having a gigantous, huge booty, again, everyone's got a different aesthetic. But to me, it was hard to really wrap um, my mind around it uh, because it does look very odd. And and obviously, everything else is really skinny, but the butt's really big. And that's the whole, there the look that most people are going for. Um, and Kim K kind of made this really big, mm-hmm. uh, is that look. She's got a tiny little waist. She's got nice curves. And then the booty pops. But yeah. it, Pops to the point where there's there's hip expansion and there's more projection. Well, let's think. You know, I'm just going to bring you briefly through the history and, and, and bring us where we're at now. So, uh, again, Brazilian started this 30 years ago. The idea is to perform liposuction uh, around the body in certain areas and then process that fat and inject it back into the buttocks. You know, we had. Impl- you know, silicone implants for a while, um, you know, and, and those can be wrought with complications, especially as we age. Then uh, most recently, we start hearing about uh, different substances being injected into the butt, such as, you know, especially Miami is notorious for this, uh, where they get, they're getting cement and uh, something called PMMA and, and, and even silicone injections into the butt. Obviously, 
you know, I can tell you, we've had, I, I remember we had someone who went abroad, uh, had silicone injections into the butt, came back in, looked ridiculous. Gorgeous girl. Go- and, I mean, gorgeous girl. Perfect. There's nothing wrong with her. Mm-hmm. And ultimately we had to remove, because what happens with a permanent substance in our body, if it's not anchored in like a screw or a plate, it will necessitate its way out through the skin. That means, so years later, sometimes you'll find it'll look like a pus, you know, a pimple. And then all of a sudden, some of this stuff will come pouring out and you have a large wound. And now you've got dents in your butt and things like that. So, you know, and and this got to be such a common procedure uh, by, by untrained surgeons as well that this became, the death rate was one in 3,000. That means that this was the one plastic surgical procedure that had the highest death rate. And that's when the American Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons stepped in and said, all right, we have to do something. And they formed a task force. Now, one of the members of the task force is our good buddy, Ashkan Gavami. Um, and you know, some of these are members throughout the world, the medical community that have a, a, a ton of experience in this. But they looked at the reasons on why people were having such complications. And they, and they did a brilliant study because mm-hmm. they, did a, they did cadaver dissections on, yep. on these. And they would literally do the fat transfer on a cadaver dissection and see where the fat, so they'd dye the fat, and then they'd see where the fat was going and migrating and why they would have this, the complications. Yeah, and, and really all that it would really boil down to is that when you inject fat into a certain area that has large blood vessels or near the sciatic nerve that the fat would actually enter the blood vessel and then shoot up to the heart, shoot up to uh, the lungs, you know, and it um, is interesting because in in the studies of the autopsies of people who underwent these so-called BBLs that, uh, you know, that ended up expiring, um, all of these patients had something in common. They had fat in the gluteal muscles. Uh, they had fat beneath the muscles. They had damage to the superior and inferior gluteal vein, which are relatively large. Uh, they have massive fat emboli. So imagine, you know, you've heard of a deep vein thrombosis that, or a pulmonary embolus. That's where a clot in the legs goes up and, you know, hits the main artery of the heart and game over. Uh, the difference is now you are injecting fat into the veins. You know, uh, you can't see it. You, you can't, you're doing this blindly. And those globs of fat would end up embolizing up to the lungs and heart. And so again, game over. So the, you know, the task force really came up with, you know, the correct ways of performing these procedures. So, you know, I, I think maybe I'll have you kind of touch on what some of the recommendations are. So obviously, we know that a Brazilian butt lift can have, um, you know, mild, moderate, and, uh, you know, excessive amounts of fat that's added. And really, the determining factor is how much fat you have in the first place. Absolutely. And, and, and your aesthetic and your goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, at each in each each plastic surgeon looks at everything differently from how big they want to make a butt or how big they want to put implants in or how overdone they want to make a nose. It, it all is pretty much your aesthetic in a lot of ways. And then you have a conversation with the patient and you go from there. So most importantly, the conversation has got to be had with the patient. Number one, you don't want to overfill 
ever because a couple of reasons. Number one, too much fat in an area is going to die anyways because you want you don't want that stuff pouring out. Second thing is it doesn't look good. It's going to be lumpy. It's going to be bumpy and it's going to be, in, and again, this is my aesthetic. It's going to look way too overdone to the point where you're going to, to look like you've had something done. Now, with that said, there's a fine line because you do get some fat loss. So when you are doing this, these are the important things as a surgeon first, okay? And then we'll talk about the patients. Number one, make sure that the most important thing is the injection of the fat is done in a superficial plane. That is the biggest take-home message today. If you're a surgeon listening to this, if you're a resident listening to this, go superficial. You may even see contour irregularities by the skin. It's fine. That'll go away. It's better to go superficial than go deep because that's when you run into problems Mm -hmm. and run into death. And it means that if you require more fat, that you have to stage the procedure. You inject the fat in the superficial space to its limit. And then if they require more, you have to bring them back at a later date. And when I say superficial means know the anatomy, stay away from the sciatic nerve and the big gluteal vessels. They're deep. They're deep. Remember that. They're deep. So stay superficial. You will not hit them. Bottom line, your access incisions, make it so it's comfortable for you. Don't try. I mean, we hide them and we're pretty good at this now, but don't try to get super fancy, but then make the access incision so difficult that it makes the, the actual trajectory of the cannula go deep. Second thing, um, Always, 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 and this has to do with liposuction as well, always know where the tip of your cannula is. Always. Because it's easy to forget, especially if you've got a large surface area, if you're doing a big booty and there's a huge surface area, that cannula can get lost. And when you're going back and forth, you can go deep. So make sure that tip of your cannula is actually felt or seen. That's how you know it's superficial. Um, Again, I talked about access incisions, instrumentation, very important. Make sure that your instrumentation is not bendable. You want the cannulas to be nice and stiff cannulas where you're going in the same plane back and forth and it's not going to tweak and go down, okay? Very important. I personally, when I inject, I make sure that the openings to my cannulas are always up and not down as well, but that's just what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And also use a relatively large cannula. You want to use a four millimeter above that was one of the recommendations I think that was said because sometimes you use a tiny little cannula and you can puncture through blood vessels and things like that. So the idea is, um, you know, to keep it as relatively large as you can. And when you're injecting, and this is anywhere, if you're injecting one cc in the face or, or injecting 400 cc's in the butt, always keep it moving. You don't want to keep your cannula stuck in one place and just inject all of it in one place. Keep the cannula moving. You get good thorough spread of the fat and it'll, and it'll look better. And then last but not least, you need to have a discussion with everyone about the risks and benefits of this procedure, just like every other procedure. Yes, there is a risk of death. There is a risk of death with any procedure. Um, if done properly, the risk is very, 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 very low. Um, so those are the, 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 big, the, the big takeaways from the task force and what surgeons need to do. Um, what I want to recommend to people that are listening to this, that if they're looking to get a BBL or looking to enhance their buttocks. These are the options. We'll start with the actual BBL procedure. And then we're going to talk about a bunch of other things that you can do. I'll, I'll give a couple examples. Um, so as long as we're starting about with the, the actual fat transfer, the Brazilian butt lift, um, you know, I'm going to give you four different scenarios. Let's say we've got uh, the 
female that has, you know, post-pregnancy has relatively square body type or, or pear-shaped body type. Um, you know, they've got a love handle fat. Um, sometimes what we'll do is we'll essentially core that area out, process that fat, and just by eliminating the flanks, the, the love handles, it automatically gives a better curve to the buttock. So right there, you have to plan ahead. The butt is going to have a better shape just by removing the fat alone. Very so you true. always have to keep, you know, again, you may plan on putting 400 cc's or 500 cc's. And, you know, we rarely put anything uh, greater than that, that, more than a few hundred cc's. It's just not our practice. Um, but some people put a thousand cc's per buttock, a th- you know, 1500 cc's. Yeah, you want that? There's a guy um, named Dr. Dan Del Vecchio. Yeah. He will put in two liters on each side yeah. and blow it up. And that's his clientele. Mm-hmm. So he's used to doing that. He's a very safe surgeon. He does it all the time. Yes. One of the experts in the field. And so, you know, for large fat transfer, that is definitely someone to consider. The second scenario I would say is, let's say it's young, relatively healthy, you know, young, healthy, relatively fit, but just has tiny little pockets. Sometimes one of the most common areas that we fill is the hip dip or the lateral buttock where you start getting a little bit of a concavity. Um, And so that's something that can be done. And and it, it takes relatively small amounts of volume in order to fill those areas out. Um, the, then we can talk about the third scenario where it's someone who's thin, just has a little bit of fat. Maybe you can take it from the internal thigh or the, the love handle region or something like that. And it's really because the buttock is totic or it's sagging. So the idea is it's almost like a half filled balloon. You add volume. So the balloon itself rises and fills and expands. And that's really what you're trying to do without overcorrecting, at least in our practice, the idea is to restore form and function. Okay. So, um, you know, those are three common scenarios of, uh, you know, candidates for, uh, you know, the Brazilian butt lift. And you also have to imagine they have to be medically cleared by a physician. They, you know, obviously we don't want to take any sick patients and do this. Um, and you'd be surprised what's happening out there. I mean, uh, <laughs> when you hear about some of these deaths, you look at the surgeon and think, well, how, how could you have even chosen that person in the first place? Right. We hope you're enjoying this episode. If you'd like more information about our practice, you can check out our Instagram. It's Plastics Docs, P-L-A-S-T-I-X-D-O-C-S on Instagram for more information. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break. So now, real quick, how, how does this work? Let's say you are interested in getting some some volume put into your buttocks. Um, and that's really what you're looking for because many times people come in here and, and, and we'll do a mommy makeover on someone and they'll say, well, you're taking all this fat. Can you put some of it in the butt? And that's, sure, that's that's a part of the procedure and we can do that. And anytime you have liposuction, you could take fat and transfer it somewhere else. That's that's always a given. It could be put in your breast, it could be put in your face, it could be put in your buttocks, it could be put in defects that you have in other areas, whatever it is. But let's say you're a 25-year-old healthy, healthy young girl that that has a little bit of extra uh, fat around your belly and, and your back and you come in to see myself or Dr. Lakey. Um, regular consultation, I'll go over all your risks and benefits and I'll talk about the areas that we can do liposuction. Um, the key is the liposuction. It's, again, what, what John just said, which was, which was really the wow factor of this procedure is 
Aggressive liposuction in the back and flanks will always make your butt pop. Always. So that in itself is really a game changer. It makes clothes fit differently. It makes jeans look nicer. It makes your blouses look better. However, then the fat strategically placed into the buttocks. And there's different ways to do it. And again, like I said, everyone's got a different aesthetic. If you're looking for a surgeon, do not look at their on-table results. Look at their results after six months, after a year, after two years, because you want to see that fat last. It doesn't matter what it looks like right on the table. And that's been like the craze on TikTok and Instagram and everything, showing these inflated booties on the table. And what they do is they break the bed so the butt's even higher. There's simple tricks of doing this. And unfortunately, it's buyer beware, in my opinion. That's the first thing. Now, is this, is this fast, fat going to all last? Is it going to be lumpy? How does it work? When can I work out? All of these things. And fat transfer anywhere. We always tell people, you know, depending on the patient, it's very important that everyone listens to what I have to say. If you smoke, all bets are off. We won't even operate on you, but some people will. And cigarette smoking, and I will actually add any type of vaping, marijuana, anything, will make that fat not last. It will all die. Is there I'm anything gonna, that can help? Is there anything? Yes. Now, what can help is, number one, hyperbaric chamber. Hyperbaric chamber is excellent. It increases blood. It, it increases oxygenation in your blood to the area, and it's, and it's really been shown to help with fat transfer. Yeah, you have to imagine these are transferred fat cells that lack blood supply. So how are they going to live? They essentially, your body will incorporate into them. So uh, the more blood supply you have to the area, the more incorporation that you have. Percentage of fat take, everyone's different. Most people will tell you above 50%, 70% at best. You are going to have some of that fat go away. So when you come in for your first week post-op, if you think it's the best thing in the world and it goes down a little bit, it's normal, okay? The other thing, you have to maintain your weight. If you do this procedure and you go and you lose 20 pounds, all bets are off again. This is fat. This is regular fat. It will go away just like any other fat that you have in your body. So I am not the type of surgeon that tells people to go gain weight and have, have this procedure done. There are others that do this. I have good friends that do this that have excellent results, but I don't think it makes sense to make you gain weight because you're going to go back to your normal self and then lose that weight. And there's a good possibility that you'll lose some of the fat. Now let's look post-operatively. So, you know, I really want to educate uh, all of you out there. Let's say you are going to undergo, so we were uh, a, a Brazilian uh, butt lift and you've already gone on, uh, you know, really what to look for in a surgeon. Obviously they want to be board certified, make sure that they have plenty of before and after photos. Um, you want to make sure that they're showing you not on table results, but uh, at least six months down the line. Um, and then now it's the day of your surgery. Uh, they do some marking. Uh, you wake up and all of a sudden uh, you feel short of breath. The idea for the surgeon right there is to uh, realize what? That uh, you can literally be having a, a fat embolism. And, and, and these things are important, you know. Um, Post-operatively, that's one of those big red flags that, uh-oh, I got to go and get treated at a and hospital. And immediately there. So that's, a, again, that is the key right there. You make sure that your surgeon is affiliated with a hospital and there is a game plan in place. God forbid anything happens. So oxygen's on, you're getting fluids, and you're immediately being transported to the hospital for, uh, you know, for, for care. Now, 
let's say you are six days in, seven days in, you're going to see your surgeon the, the next day and you start developing a little bit of a fever and boy, one side is really hurting. Um, you know, you're concerned because you were feeling a little better and now all of a sudden, you know, you, when you, when you, you know, when you kind of move around a little bit, it starts to hurt. W- what should your concern be? And obviously your surgeon's going to diagnose this. Again, you can have an infection, you can have an abscess, you can have a fluid collection. All of these things can happen because remember, you're taking from one place and putting it in another. There's a lot of moving parts. So um, we always treat people with antibiotics for the first week. Um, but again, you have to really kind of be on top of it to know. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing you have to be aware of is potential complications. So obviously, now that we have a task force that has shown us what we should do to reduce the risks, um, you know, going from one in 3,000 deaths to obviously much, much uh, more uh, rare, but it's still fairly common for, especially with large volume transfer, to develop an abscess. Uh, or an infection because you are essentially dumping in fat cells with no blood supply. There's only a certain amount that the you know the body can incorporate into. So um, I originally you know, took care of someone just like that. Had it done in Turkey and came back and could not get in touch with the surgeon in Turkey. Mm. Um, I wonder why. <laughs> uh, and she had not only pus coming out of her incisions, um, but she had a huge open wound. And the reason for that, guys, it's what I said before, is you don't want to overfill so much where the skin stretches so much that it wants to pop. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only a certain amount that we can take before it's going to say, hey, I, I, I can't take it here anymore. I got to come out of some holes and mm-hmm. it just starts pouring out. Treated her with antibiotics. It took a while and, and now she's healed up. But these are the things that you really kind of look for. Um, I, mean, I was going to say, you know, again, he, he mentioned it earlier. One of the easiest things to do postoperatively is to go to a hyperbaric chamber. And you want to do it three to five times over the first week uh, because that will help with incorporation, fat uh, take, and uh, will just increase the blood flow to that area. We use a great spot up on Sunset called Remedy Place. And, um, you know, they have, they've got a – it's a one3 uh, atmospheric pressure. Um, you know, some places have a two and above, but there have been plenty of studies that show, you know, for wound healing and things like that, that um, that hyperbaric oxygen will help. Absolutely, and and then the goal for this procedure is 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 important because there's a lot of different ways you can fill a butt, and and some people, like Dr. Lakey said, want their hip dips filled or lateral hip expansion, which has been really in style. And, and people want them, they want to have a really tiny waist and then have everything come out, kind of like a tooth. Uh, <laughs> um, but but, but it's a, it's, it, it kind of comes out like a, like, like a canine. But, but it, ideally, again, when it comes to our practice, we sit and talk to people and say, hey, we want to give you a result that when you do put a bathing suit on, Nobody's going to tell mm-hmm. that you've had this done. Now, if you want it to look overdone, there will be people that do it for you. But again, the one thing I want to kind of harp on again is there's a limitation as to how much you can put in and how much you have. So people come in and they say, hey, I, I want liposuction of all of the areas of my body and I want you to put it in my butt. And what we normally tell them is we prefer to not make you... Um, completely incapacitated and not be able to move. We prefer not to do arms and legs at the same time, just so you can have something to push off on or at least have your strength in your legs. If you are going to do core, 
because he, you don't want to knock out arms, yeah. core, legs, and exactly. everything else. I'm just, I'm just saying um, as a given that you're doing their belly. But yes, yeah. yes. And sometimes, again, you'd be surprised how much fat you can take out of an abdomen or a flank. I've, I've done plenty of what are called mini BBLs where we don't blow it up on a really petite, thin, very athletic build whose butt just wanted, she wanted her butt to be a little bigger. And they came out beautifully because you do just enough, like Dr. Lakey said, you just sculpt enough in areas that are, ex- are excess and then put it strategically in areas that you want fullness and it works perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, if now, you don't have the fat. Yeah, I was going to say, here's the other scenario. Let's say you've got the young athletic individual that comes in and they just want more volume in their butt. And obviously you look at them and you say, oh my goodness, there's no way we're going to get fat out of you. Um, although usually inner thighs will always provide some. It depends. You know, let's just say you've got an athletic individual, you know, ripped abs, uh, but want their butt to be a little bigger. What kind of alternatives do they have? Now what the, kind of options? The go-to before this, the Brazilian butt lift craze um, was always butt implants. And now I'm not a fan of butt implants, but I will talk about them. And there, there are a couple guys in LA that are really good at them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if anyone comes to the office here and they say, I want an implant in my butt, I say, sorry, I don't, we don't do that. And, and you can go to a couple different guys here. They do it. They're good at it and, and they make it work. And the reason I don't like them, or, you know, and I'll speak for you too, is um, number one, I have seen too many people with butt implants that have had them rotated. Mm -hmm. Now, butt implants aren't like breast implants in the sense that they're not round. Um, They're actually shaped. And when they rotate, if one rotates, your booty looks really weird. Yeah, it looks like you're wearing a diaper instead of uh, having to be shapely. It can be awful. And the complications associated with those, I mean, you know, obviously there's a larger scar because you're putting in a silicone implant, so there has to be some type of scar for entry. Um, And then as you age, listen, certain areas of the body, when you put an implant in place, um, you let 30 years pass, it doesn't look the same way when you put it in. It's just like tissue expansion. It expands your skin and, and, Honestly, to make it better, you're gonna to have to cut it out, cut out a huge piece of skin, or put a bigger implant in over time. And mm. and that you know, it's not our go-to, but that is an option. What is your go-to? You know, the go-to is is, is slim. Because uh, I know people used pickets. to be putting in uh, hyaluronic acids, but that's yeah. cost prohibitive. And so um, there's many what, people that come in here and they say, "Why don't you take a hundred cc's of Juvederm, for example, a hundred syringes, let's say, of Juvederm, and put it in my buttocks?" Well. Think about that. That's 100 cc's. We normally like to put in a couple hundred cc's to make it look good. Now that's 100 cc's per side, exactly. 100 cc's of Juvederm in our practice will cost you 100 grand. So it's cost prohibitive, like John just said, and, and, and you can't. And, and, and again, it's not just that. They dissolve in six months. They, by the time you move around, and, and that's going to be gone so fast. Do I know people to do it? Sure. Mm-hmm. Do I think it's a good idea? No. Yeah, I've But got, there are others. Yeah. I've got a patient uh, of mine that comes back and she gets multiple uh, vials of something called Sculptra, which is essentially L-polylactic acid. It, it is basically a powdered form of stitches, dissolvable stitches that we use, and it's a volumizer. And, um, you know, people used to use it in the face for a very gaunt look. And then we realized that you can expand other areas of the body. 
Now, actually, it was actually created for something called HIV lipodystrophy. Mm-hmm. So people that had uh, the beginning, you know, twenty something years ago, where this was really we couldn't we couldn't get a hold of how to treat HIV, and it would one of the first places you'd see it is it would eat away the fat of the yeah, face, buckle wasting, and this 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 injectable medicine that that Dr. Lakey's talking about would just cause collagen production from your own body to fill the area. So it wasn't an injectable filler, but it was called what's called a biostimulator. And so we would add, you know, essentially you dilute this powder and you inject it into the buttocks. And then over the course of six weeks, you would see some expansion. Then you come back and you'd add more and uh, you'd continue to expand until someone was happy. You know, now, can you, can you do large volume? Uh, I think this is really filling in those hip dips, filling in that lateral concavity for the buttock, um, you know, but it's adding just enough volume. It definitely works. Um, and this you, you is know, for people enough. who have no fat. I mean, mm-hmm. This is really for people who cannot have liposuction and fat transfer because the alternatives that we're going to talk about right now, they are... They are not nearly as good as doing a proper Brazilian butt lift with fat because we know fat is the best way to volumize. And what's, what's your most recent go-to? Something called Renuva. Um, and it's an, it's an adipose matrix or a fat matrix. So it's like a, it, it's, it's something that can build fat. And again, the problem is it's an injectable um, and it, it gets mi- mixed with some saline and some lidocaine and you inject it and it, it helps build more fat in the area. Issue with this is you need a lot of it because again, you're doing one cc syringes. Now, remember we just talked about injecting fat into the buttocks. We use 20 or 60 cc syringes. We use big syringes and use and use a ton of fat, meaning at least a couple hundred cc's, whereas now we're talking about one cc at a time. So it's very difficult to take that surface area of a buttocks and try to fill it properly with one cc syringes and get the results you're looking for. Therefore, if you don't have a lot of fat and you want just a little bit of a pop, these things work. So Sculpture works, Renuva works, I know a good friend of ours here in Beverly Hills that does both of them at the same time, and he says that Doing them together works. Issue with this is it is very expensive and it requires multiple sessions. Sculpture requires at least two sessions, six weeks apart. Renuva, most people say do it a couple times, maybe once every six months apart to see the results. Um, are they good? Sure. Are they like the BBL? Absolutely not. Because again, remember something. The liposuction of the flanks and back really carve out, make that but just pops so well that it's not just putting in extra fat. Yep. It's just that alone, just creating that contour looks so much more aesthetic even before you put any fat in place. And so that's why, you know, we, I think at least in our practice, we always tend to, you know, when you look at the volume that you would like to place and then you likely cut it by 20% just based off of how it's going to look after the, the flank liposuction because there's no doubt that it just creates a better contour. Um, one of our most recent patients, he said, oh my God, I love you, thank you. You changed my life because uh, she was a little more square just over uh, the hips. And when you carve that out and give someone that hourglass contour, you know, from the front and then from the back, it just creates, uh, you know, the top portion of the body, that curve, um, that's much more aesthetic. The millennial term is snatched. (laughs) 
it's snatching it away. It is. Yeah. This is Dr. John Lakey at Forever Young. Hope you're enjoying the show. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break. Those are those are simple injectable ways. There's also other other um, non-invasive treatments mm-hmm. that can help. The one that comes to my mind is M-Sculpt. Definitely. And M-Sculpt just basically, other than squats, but M-Sculpt yeah. really does, it, it, it's, it's a way to cheat to do squats without having to do squats. And what it does is it's really an electromagnetic energy um, that causes muscle stimulation on the buttock muscles itself. So the gluteal muscles will actually... What's called hypertrophy, or get bigger, so the muscle gets bigger and the booty gets bigger. Um, we're talking about probably about ten or fifteen, maybe twenty percent. But for some people, that's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't need injections. Doesn't need any fat. Most of this, most of the candidates for this type of procedure are very skinny, have no fat, and that extra fifteen to twenty percent of their buttock hypertrophy or their muscles getting bigger really does make a big difference. Sure. So I guess at least some of the takeaways of this particular episode. One quick thing I was going to say is, what don't you want to put in the butt? And I know we talked about it, Mm -hmm. but let's talk about this just because it's been in the news a lot and it happens everywhere by mostly non-trained, non-plastic surgeons, sometimes not even doctors. Um, And this is something, guys. Yeah, most recently in the news, it was a (laughs) mother-daughter combo. They had no medical training whatsoever and they ended up killing one of these uh, influencer or artists um, but after placing implants, and I think, who, first of all, who's who's going to these people? I, I'm, I'm wondering how this happens. But um, you and know. remember, if it's too good to be true with anything in life, mm-hmm. whether it's the price for a plastic surgery procedure or anything that you encounter in your life, if it's too good to be true, and I'm not here to give you life lessons, um, it's it's too good to be true. It's there's going to be something wrong with it. Um, Even so, medical tourism, you have to imagine if it's cheaper to go somewhere else. Think how expensive it's going to be if you have a complication because you don't have access to that surgeon anymore. So we've taken care of multiple individuals that come from Mexico and, and Venezuela. Sometimes with the goodness things. of our heart and not charge them a dollar sure. because you feel bad, honestly. Of course. I mean, you know, but some of these things can be disastrous. So when you're thinking of, of injecting something, guys, number one, make sure it's FDA approved for the area. They'll be like, no, this is off label and I'm going to do it. No, guys, don't do that. There's no need. It's just not worth it, okay? Now, We've taken out silicone beads and they're the textbook way of doing it. If you get this stuff done to yourself is a humongous scar and it will distort your buttocks. It will make you look so awful. Mm -hmm. When I say awful to the point where you may never be able to fix it. Okay. So really, really, really watch out with that. Really the treatment is to make a huge scar, take out all of it manually. We've done it some other ways as well. Um, but, but again, you know, you're taking multiple steps back, uh, instead of actually really achieving the goal that you're looking for. The other thing is, um, that what, what people ask a lot from me and different surgeons say different things. Are you ever going to be able to work your buttocks out again? If you do squats, do you think you're going to lose all the fat? Can you not run anymore? Can you not exercise? No. Most surgeons that do a ton of these say that you want to stimulate that muscle to contract. So 
depending on your surgeon, some people say four weeks, some people say six weeks, get you back to exercise and do it all. Do squats, do lunges, get that muscle because that fat, the more blood supply to that area, which means the muscle's working, the better chance of that fat staying. Now, I'm not saying to go lose a ton of weight because if you lose a ton of weight, it may go away, but exercising in that area is a good thing. Putting direct pressure on it for the first couple of weeks is not. The one question that I want to pose to all our listeners, and I would love to hear some feedback, but I'm going to pose a question that I really want you to think about, especially if you're thinking about having a Brazilian butt lift. When you expand the buttock, what do you think is going to happen over the next five to 10 years? It's a great think question. about what happens when you have a very large breast implant or very large breast for all that matter. What happens to them over time? The idea is, I would always say, go as conservative as you can. Gravity will always win. Physics does not stop. And so the idea is, you know, do something as conservative as you can. You know, I have a big feeling that although the most common procedure right now or most rapidly expanding procedure is the Brazilian butt lift, I mark my words right now. We're going to say it five to 10 years from now, it's going to be the buttock lift because this is all going to fall and absolutely look awful. So again, if you're going to fill, fill appropriately, don't overdo it. And, and it's interesting because the, the one thing that I tell people when it comes to fat transfer, and I know other surgeons do as well, is fat transfer is not forever. Some of it will stay, some of it won't. If you love the way they look right away and it melts away over time, you may need another procedure. I say it when it comes to breast and I say it when it comes to face. I say it when it comes to buttocks. People should understand that this stuff is not permanent. It's not like a breast implant. Then when you put a fixed volume in, it stays. And that's one of those things, just realistic expectations that when you do do fat transfer, to any body part. And today, in this, in this um, episode, we're talking about the butt, but it is, some of it's going to stay forever and some of it would go away. So don't be discouraged. And you may need to have another session. And if you do, it could be a couple years down the line just to give that pop again. Um, now, with, with all of that said, I completely agree with you and you took the words out of my mouth. I think that always remember that whatever you expand may not look very good later on in life. And remember also in your 20s or 30s, what you may love, you may not really love in your 50s. So kind of look down the line as well and think about how some of the cosmetic procedures that you really want that are trending right now, that are all over social media right now, how everybody wants to have ginormous lips and really big cheeks. And you know, some of these are fads. And you don't want to completely disfigure yourself to the point of no return to the point where you will need cosmetic surgery. So kind of always pick a board certified surgeon who does these procedures often and can really talk about everything kind of like we are right now. Um, yeah, I think, you know, again, I would go along with that vein um, of taking the, the, the takeaways from this particular episode. Find a board-certified plastic surgeon. Look at their long-term results. Make sure they know what the American Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons task force is on the Brazilian butt lift or gluteal augmentation. Be aware of the potential complications and go as conservative as you can to restore 
or create as an anesthetic shape as possible. Do not overfill because I guarantee there's going to be issues, if not immediately, later on down the line. Now, if, if you are looking for that Cardi B look, we're sorry um, <laughs> that we've kind of let you down right now. But again- Yeah, no offense to Cardi B. And uh, we're, just, just saying, we're just here to tell you that we've seen a lot and we just tell you how we see it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, some people may require more fat than others and some people may want bigger booties than others, just like some people want bigger breasts than others. And we understand that and that's your prerogative. Mm-hmm. Um, but just kind of- Take home with the things we told you. Um, you guys have any questions, you can always you know, comment below or send us direct messages. Go on our Instagram and ask us questions, any of that stuff, um, because we do do a lot of these. The last quick thing I want to hit on is this, because I, I get this asked a lot. Uh, people come in here for mommy makeover. People come in here for breast augmentation. People come in here for tummy tuck. Um, and many, many times they'll say, can I do a BBL at the same time? And you know, it depends. Most of the time, probably about 90% of the time, I say yes. As long as you're not having too many procedures and you're not going to be in the operating room for too long where it's going to be detrimental to you, as long as you're having liposuction, yes, we can take that fat and put it in your buttocks. I don't think it's a problem. We do a lot of BBLs and we put uh, fat in the buttocks. It's going to be a little uncomfortable. You're going to have to put some pillows under your butt so you're not directly sitting on the fat transfer, but it is a good way to just get it done so you don't have to come back for a second procedure. And you only have so much fat that we're taking out. So if it's not used, sometimes you're like, oof, I just lost that gold that I had. All right. Well, listen, hopefully you learned something here today. We were excited to bring this uh, info to you. And again, if you have any questions, uh, as Dr. Danny Poor said, definitely email us, comment below. Uh, you know, and if you like this podcast, go ahead, like, um, you know, and uh, tell your friends about it. Again, this is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. I'm Dr. Payman Daniel Poor. Listen to us on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll see you soon. Peace. From iHeartRadio, Forever Young is a Cavalry Audio Golden Hippo production. We are produced by Brandon Morgan. Josh Windish does our editing and mixing. Payment and I serve as executive producers along with Dana Brunetti and Keegan Rosenberger. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.